Praise God from whom all blessings flow. This is Brother William Kantz with this week's lesson from the book of John, chapter 16, verses 1 through 33. And the title of this week's lesson is Farewell Discourse. I will read this chapter from the King James. And the text reads, These things have I spoken unto you, that ye should not be offended. They shall put you out of the synagogues, yea, the time cometh that whoever, whosoever killeth you will think that he doeth God's service. And these things will they do unto you, because they have not known the Father nor me. But these things have I told you that when the time shall come, ye may remember that I told you of them. And these things I said not unto you at the beginning, because I was with you. But now I go my way to him that sent me, and none of you asketh me, Whither goest thou? But because I have said these things unto you, sorrow hath filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient for you that I go away. For I go not away, the, the Comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. And when he is come, he will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Of sin, because they believe not on me. Of righteousness, because I go to my Father, and ye see me no more. Of judgment, because the prince of this world is judged. I have yet many things to say unto you, but... Ye cannot bear them now. Howbeit, when he, the Spirit of truth, is come, he, he will guide you into all truth, for he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. He shall glorify me, for he shall receive of mine, and shall show it unto you. All things that the Father hath are mine. Therefore said I that he shall take of mine and shall show it unto you. A little while and ye shall not see me, and again a little while and ye shall see me, because I go to the Father. Then Sim said some of his disciples among themselves, What is this that he saith unto us? A little while, and ye shall not see me, and again a little while ye shall see me, and because I go to the Father. They said, therefore, what is this that he saith, a little while? We cannot tell what he saith. Now Jesus knew that they were desirous to ask him, and said unto them, Do ye inquire among yourselves of that I said? A little while, and ye shall not see me, and again a little while and ye shall see me? Verily, verily, I say unto you that ye shall weep and lament, 
but the world shall rejoice and ye shall be sorrowful, but your sorrow shall be turned into joy. A woman, when she is in travail, has sorrow because her hour is come, but as soon as she is delivered of the child, she remembereth no more the anguish for a joy that a man is born into the world. And ye know now, therefore, have sorrow, but I will see you again, and your heart shall rejoice, and your joy no man taketh from you. And in that day ye shall ask me nothing. Verily, verily, I say unto you, whatsoever ye shall ask the Father in my name, he will give it you. Hitherto, have ye asked nothing in my name, ask and ye shall receive, that your joy may be full. These things have I spoken unto you in Proverbs, but the time cometh when I shall no more speak unto you in Proverbs, but I shall show you plainly of the Father. In that day ye shall ask in my name, and I say not unto you that I will pray the Father for you. For the Father himself loveth you, because ye have loved me and have believed that I came out from God. I came forth from the Father and am come into the world again. I leave the world and go to the Father. His disciples said unto him, Lo, now speakest thou plainly and speakest no proverb. Now, are we sure that thou knowest all things and needest not that any man should ask thee? By this we believe that thou camest forth from God. Jesus answered them, Do ye now believe? Behold, the hour cometh, yea, is now come that ye shall be scattered, every man to his own. And shall leave me alone, and yet I am not alone, because the Father is with me. These things I have spoken unto you, that in me ye might have peace. In the world ye shall have tribulation. But be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. Praise God's holy and divine name. Let us study learn those things that God would have us to know. In our study of the discourses of Jesus, we have been witnesses to the last night of Jesus' earthly ministry. From the upper room to the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus calms, teaches, and uplifts his disciples. John has encouraged and supported believers through this section to abide and persevere in the faith. 16.1 reads, These things I have spoken to you that you may be kept from stumbling or falling away. This refers back to the anticipated hatred noted in chapter 15. Hate is mentioned seven times in chapter 15, verses 18 through 27. Jesus warns the disciples about the world's disposition toward those who represent truth. 
Jesus said in chapter 15, verse 21, But all these things will they do unto you for my name's sake, because they know not him that sent me. The world hates those who expose their sin. Jesus is preparing the disciples for the challenges they will face, including physical and mental torture, banishment and death. They must maintain their focus on the truth and oppose the hatred of the world through the constancy of their faith. Chapter 16 reveals words of comfort in light of the future persecution, disappointment, and anxiety the disciples would soon face. The Apostle Paul encourages the Thessalonian brethren in the same manner. Paul told the brethren in 1 Thessalonians 3 through 4 that no man moved by these afflictions for yourselves know that hereunto we are appointed. For verily, when we were with you, we told you beforehand that we are to suffer affliction, even as it came to pass, and ye know. In chapter 16, we are edified in the work of the Holy Spirit, the joy of believers, and the promised victory over the world. We know faith is the victory. John writes in verse 2 that they will make you outcasts to be part of the synagogue and was to be socially estranged. The next condition of terror towards those who follow the way would be condemnation. Verse 2, everyone who kills you to think that he is offering service to good. What one thinks does not apply to any biblical instruction or analysis. It is not what one thinks that determines truth or authorizes actions. It is obedience to and focus on the commandments of God. His divine word communicates his authority. To obey his word is to know the Father. To reject divine authority is to reject the Father. John 7, verses 17 and 18. If any man is willing to do his will, he shall know of the teaching, whether it is of God or whether I speak from myself. He who speaks of himself seeks only his own glory. Again, such a one that does not know the Father has no true belief, nor does he or she abide in the teachings of Christ. Such a one truly thinks that they know and believe Jesus. However, the mark of true discipleship, faith, and knowing God is one's commitment to God's will and his way. John has clearly stated what it means to know the Father. Verse 3. In John 10, when he used the illustration of the shepherd and the sheep, Jesus said, I know my own and, my, and mine own know me. To know the Father is therefore to hear and obey his commandments. The Apostle John would later say, 
Whosoever abides in him sins not. Whosoever sins hath not seen him, neither knows him. 1 John 3, verse 6. In verse 5, let's note, But now I am going to him who sent me, and none of you asks me, Where are you going? After Jesus told the disciples that one of them would betray him, chapter 13, verses 18 and 21, that after a little while he would no longer be with them, chapter 13, verse 33, and that the world would hate them to the point of putting them out of the synagogue and even killing them for his name's sake, um, chapter 15, verses 17 to 25, uh, we note the disciples were filled with sorrow, chapter 16, verse 6. But Jesus tells them in verse 7, it is to your advantage, it is expedient, it is profitable that I go. For an act to be expedient, it must be lawful. The ends do not justify the means unless the means are lawful. Jesus' actions were lawful and profitable for mankind. The Lord's death and coming of the Holy Spirit are dependent on one another. The purpose of the Holy Spirit in God's plan is to give. Notice 1 Corinthians 2, verse 9 through 10. All that God has prepared for those who love him. For to us God revealed them through the Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, even the depths of God. The kingdom of Christ could not be established until Jesus returned to heaven to sit at the right hand of God. Notice Matthew 16, verse 18 and Acts 2, verse 29 through 36. In verse 36 of Acts 2, Peter proclaims, Therefore, let all the house of Israel know for certain that God has made him both Lord and Christ, this Jesus that you crucified. As ambassadors of Christ, the apostles' mission of teaching and preaching the gospel message could not begin until Jesus was crucified, buried, raised from the grave. Notice 1 Corinthians 15, 1 through 11. The helper is sent to convict or convince the world of sin, promote righteousness, and portend the judgment to come. Uh, notice verse 8 in our study and also uh, Acts 2, verse 37. Now when they heard this, they were pierced to the heart. Verse 12 in our study, chapter 16. I have many more things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. Jesus, in simplistic terms, gives the disciples what they could bear at this time. He knew there was far more for them to learn as his future ambassadors. The Holy Spirit was to be the revealer of God's truth. Notice verse 13. 
in chapter 16. He will guide you into all the truth. Paul penned in Ephesians 5, verses 18 and 19, Be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody with your heart to the Lord. This is to be a constant occasion. As the Spirit revealed the truths of the Father and Jesus, He would indeed give all glory to God. Because Jesus and His Father are one in nature, that which belongs to the Father is His, that which is His is the Father's and the Spirit's. Notice verse 20. Truly, truly, I say to you that you will lament, but the world will rejoice. You will be sorrowful, but your sorrow will be turned to joy. Jesus illustrates his deity by revealing their perplexity and so speaks clearly of his departure. His death would cause the disciples sorrow in the short term. The world, however, would rejoice at his death because he had revealed their sin and error. See John 7, verse 7. After Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection, and after the Holy Spirit descended upon the disciple in Acts 2, this sorrow of heart would turn to joy in full understanding of what Jesus had done. Notice verse 22. This joy is compared to a pregnant woman with a child suffering, yet joyous when the child comes forth. Jesus says, I will see you again, and your heart will rejoice. After Jesus' ascension, the apostles would have the joy of going to the Father in prayer in the name of Jesus and by his authority. Jesus declares in verse 23, if you shall ask the Father for anything, he will give it to you in my name. When the Holy Spirit would come, Acts 2, all things would become clear to them as he guided them in truth. John 16, verse 13. Also notice verse 28. And Jesus says, I am leaving the world and going to the Father. In verse 28, Jesus very plainly tells them again that he came from the Father into the world and shall uh, not return. Verse 29, Lo, now you are speaking plainly. Now the apostles have grasped the idea. Verse 30, we believe that you came from God. Jesus closes the final discussion with his disciples by saying that they will be scattered, verse 32. This they needed to know so that when it happened, they would not be shaken, discouraged, or weakened. Lastly, Jesus says in verse 33, be of good cheer. He has told them that he will return in a little while. And he has, here tells them, I have overcome the world. Here, in confident anticipation, 
Our Lord speaks in the past tense, indicating the victory is already won for those who persevere in Christ. The opportunity for salvation is a foregone conclusion. This lesson is yours. I want to thank you, church, for uh, participating in this study of the discourses of Jesus, our Lord, in the book of Matthew, uh, chapters uh, 13 through 16. On next time, we will look at the Lord's Prayer, uh, His Prayer in Gethsemane, uh, as He anticipates His uh, trial and execution, uh, but lifts up to the Father those things that are necessary for Him to relate to His disciples. Again, I pray that something has been said that is both edifying and uplifting. Uh, let us go to God in prayer and conclusion. Father God, we come to you in all humility, Father, recognizing your sovereignty, your power, your glory, your majesty, recognizing in your Son and our Savior, the opportunity for uh, eternal life with you, Father, if it be your will, as a result of the sacrifice that your Son made on the cross for the sins of mankind. What a glorious gift you have given to us, Father, that opportunity, that hope of salvation. Let us not trifle with this gift, Father, let us uh, recognize the power and the majesty of this gift and in so doing, glorify you on a daily basis, Father, for that, that is our uh, opportunity and that is your wish, Father, for us. We thank you for the f being called your children and, and the, the mercy that that demonstrates in our daily lives, Father. Father, we pray for those who do not know you. We pray for space and time that they may come to know you before it's eternally too late, Father. We pray for those sick, for those shut in, for those on their bed of affliction, for those going in and out of procedures. Help them, Father. Help us to help them. Help us to recognize the 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 difficulty of, of the pain and suffering that so many in this world endure and help us to recognize that by the grace of God it, that, that would be us and to recognize that we too have travails and, and will suffer difficulties, Father. Help us to lift others up around us to love as you love us and to do those things that you would have us to do, Father. Father, we thank you for the opportunity for this study. Uh, we pray that something has been said that can help someone along the way. Uh, Father, we, we pray for those who uh, are behind prison walls, uh, those who are in mental institutions. Father, even those on the, their 
uh, deathbed, Father, at this time. Help them and help us to help them, Father. We pray for all within the sound of my voice. Lift us all up. Give us a zeal and the commitment to continue to follow you and do your will, Father, to work in your garden and bring souls to you. These and all other blessings and favors we ask in the most gracious name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Again, church, uh, let us do good work this week. Uh, reach out in Christian love. Communicate with one another. And... Uh, Bring God's message to those who need it on a daily basis, and we all need it. Uh, again, thank you for being a part of this. Stay safe. Bye for now.